Welcome back to Your 1230, the only podcast where our guests tell their story with the help of 12 questions in just 30 minutes. I'm your host, Mike Salitro, and today we are thrilled to be joined by Victoria Volk. Victoria, the owner of the Unleashed Heart LLC, is an advanced certified grief recovery specialist, self-published author, Reiki master, certified UMAP coach, certified biofield tuning practitioner, and end-of-life doula. Through in-person and online evidence-based grief programs, life path coaching, her podcast Grieving Voices, and in-person or distance healing sessions, Victoria offers holistic support to those who want to go from surviving to thriving. Victoria, welcome. We are really excited to be speaking with you. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Of course. And I could barely read the bio, and that speaks more to myself than anything else. But there is a lot of different things in there and a lot of certifications and different areas that uh, you practice in. If you were to run to somebody new or explain to somebody what you do, what do you usually tell them? I think in a nutshell, I would say, or what I do say is grief is my jam. Grief and energy healing is my jam. So I, yeah, I offer holistic grief and energy healing in a nutshell. That's a, that's a good place to start. And I want to level set with defining some of those terms there. So let's start with holistic. What, what does that mean when you use it? It's very important to me that people gain an understanding of themselves through the process that I take them through, through the grief work. Actually, it's a natural process that happens. Um, I personally went through the grief recovery program. It's what I take clients through. But I married the grief recovery program with the UMAP because I found it was a missing piece. You know, when someone close to us dies, a significant other, especially a partner, spouse, what have you, you're left with a lot of questions like, well, who am I without this person? I mean, you you question your own mortality. What do I want to do with the rest of my life? And UMAP was kind of that missing piece in helping people move forward, right? To create a new path for themselves. It's kind of like this lighthouse uh, because it's a reflection of who you are with your strengths and your values, your skill sets, and how you're wired, your personality. Um, I think I veered off your initial (laughs) question, but um, yeah. So holistic to me is the process that I take people through in understanding themselves, really, it's a very, and it's unique to them, right? Because every person is unique. That's, that's a great answer. So thank you for providing that. And in part of that, and back to the uh, original statement of grief is my jam. What do you have a certain criteria for grief? Is, is there anything that somebody has to encounter or experience that said, okay, it makes sense to now, go down one of these paths, or is that also unique to the person? It doesn't matter the loss because, um, let me tell you this, every 11.14 seconds, someone dies. There's a lot of grievers out there and, but you don't have to have someone die to grieve, right? So you can, um, lose a best friend, a relationship can fall away. You can get divorced. You can have estrangement. You can be, um, adopt, like how many children are adopted, right? And have this grief over well, who am I? What's my heritage? What's my ancestry? They don't even, they, you know, it's like this identity crisis. 
We can lose a dream. We can lose our home, natural disasters. We define grief in the, the Grief Recovery Institute defines grief and I define grief as a loss of hopes, dreams, and expectations and anything that you wish would have been different, better, or more. So that's a lot of things. It is a lot of things. And my mind instantly uh, went to, and when you said loss, that I didn't necessarily equate a loss as part of, as a requirement. And what I was thinking of as you're describing it, when you said the loss of something, that there can be things that become added to that make it more difficult, but generally it's, you're losing something uh, on the other side of that uh, and kind of just different ways to, to look at things. But that, that makes a lot, you know, that makes sense as far as the, the loss of uh, someone, something, or the expectation that things are not going to be uh, what you had hoped for them to be. Um, so this is generally, and I think objectively, a heavy topic for most people or one that's difficult to talk about or one that people are not running to share necessarily. Um, but you have a wonderful demeanor. You're smiling as you talk about it. <laughs> how how did you find this was your space? And to steal a phrase of yours, how did you know this was your jam? Ooh, I was just writing about this not that long ago. It really was um, me coming to realize that I wasn't okay after my, my father passed, he was diagnosed with colon cancer when I was six, it was stage four at the time, there really wasn't much they could do. And they gave him, I think a couple months to live at the most few months, but he made it like 18 or 16 months, something like that passed away when I was eight. Um, so I was almost seven, but he passed away when I was eight. And then after that, I was, uh, molested by a family friend and my sister moved and she was nine years older than me. She had graduated high school. And so that was a huge um, missing piece for me because she was, you know, I was her shadow. Um, and then my mom had remarried within a couple of years and that marriage was tumultuous. And I just witnessed a lot of chaos and big emotions. And yeah, so my childhood wasn't the most awesome childhood. <laughs> Um, and it just followed me into my adulthood. I started to use alcohol. Um, I, yeah, just, I, my life was kind of, uh, headed down a really sketchy path and a train wreck really. Um, I should have been fired from my job. I'm not sure why I wasn't. Um, I think people felt sorry for me. Um, but yeah, it, what woke me up was um, I had a long-term relationship that um, I went to therapy and realized that in a couple sessions that, oh my gosh, like this, this is not a healthy relationship. And I had found the courage to end it after five years. And um, that kind of set the path, the ball rolling, because um, I really realized that I deserved more, that I um needed to get my shit together. Can I say shit, shit together? And, um, and lo and behold, uh, my, he was moved to my hometown when I was going into my junior year. Um, and we remained friends. We were in the city, we graduated together, but he ended up becoming my husband seven years later. Uh, so, and we've been married, uh, 20 years, um, and have three kids. So it's life is crazy and weird and, you know, like this. And yeah. So how I got to this work though, roundabout answer. Um, and I'll try and speed this up. Cause this is supposed to be 30 minutes, right? 
There's no <laughs> no official clock here. This is, okay. this is important. Okay, so like five years, well, 2019, um, 20, actually 2017, I was um, self-published. I was writing my book. And then in the process of writing my book, I, I learned that my uncle, my father's only living brother, um, has had been diagnosed with brain cancer. And when my dad passed away, pretty much the entire family didn't, wasn't in my life anymore. They didn't have anything to do with us. So not only did I lose my dad, but I lost an entire family. And so when I found out he had cancer though, I, I just felt this pull and this draw to go see him. I had not seen him since I was eight years old. I didn't know if he'd remember me, didn't know if he wanted to see me. I kind of didn't care. I was, I just felt this pull and I knocked on his hospital door. He's still in the hospital. And, um, we had this amazing moment and he embraced me and we cried. And then there was a knock on the door and here it was his daughter and my cousin from Connecticut, who I hadn't seen since I was a kid. So it was like this immediate family reunion. And I had a few months with him, um, a good six months with him to reconnect. And um, I think really give us both a lot of healing. And um, that that was the kind of the catalyst of me realizing that I'm, I wasn't okay, that there was a lot of stuff that I need to work, that I needed to work through. Cause when I was writing my book, I thought I was pretty okay. And, um, cause I had gotten in the spiritual path and was, you know, really strong in my faith and all of that, but you know what, you, you can pray all you want, but you got to take action. And that's what I learned as I'm, I just hadn't been taking action. I've been learned. I've been trying to learn about myself and diving into all these personal development programs and Tony Robbins. And I was just convinced that something was wrong with me, that I was just, that it was me, that I was defective. And, um, that wasn't the case. I was just, I was just really, um, wounded and spiritually and emotionally and had a lot of healing to do. And so I went to get my certification. I'd learned about this um, Grief Recovery Institute through Google, of all things. And I signed up for the program and I had to, it was going to be a five hour drive. Well, then I learned that they canceled it. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh my God, they canceled. This is the one, like, I finally find the thing that I think is going to like be my cure, right? Or the be the thing that's going to help fix me. <laughs> And that something that I could actually bring to other people and help other people with, and then they cancel it. I was distraught and in tears, but I was adamant that this was exactly what I needed. And some people would have just probably said, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be, but nope. I just invested more and flew to Austin, Texas at the same, during the same time period and did it there. And, um, it changed my life. I came home a completely different person, um, transformed, um, a really deeply wounded relationship with my mother. Um, she's still living. And, um, you know, cause I went there thinking I'd work through the relationship with my dad cause he's the one that died. Right. But it turns out that sometimes the people living, um, that's sometimes the most challenging relationship we have sometimes. So, um, yeah, there was a lot for me to work through and that, that that's actually, I did not get any other certifications or anything until after I went through that program. That's like what cracked me wide open. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know it, it can't be easy and there's a lot there. Uh, it took a few notes, but the one that kind of jumps out is the take action piece that um, <clears throat> a lot of times we will 
get comfort in learning something, being involved with something, personal development program, for example, but without taking that first step and, you know, side by side to the story with your uncle that showing up, doing something is actually taking this initiative and not caring what necessarily the outcome is going to be, but taking that action was a vital step forward there and try to tie that together. Um, I think that's what holds people back grief or confusion or sense of not knowing what's next. How, when you are working with, with clients or people looking for help specifically when they're grieving, how do you help them one, acknowledge that that action is important. And what's the first small step that you find most people take that this wasn't so bad. I'm glad we're doing this. You know, I've had people reach out to me curious or interested in the program or wanting to work with me. And then, and then they don't, and I don't, I don't always find out the reason why it could be me, you know, I'm not everyone's cup of tea and that's okay. I'm a pretty straightforward person. And, and, um, and I, you know, I, I started saying recently that I'm in the hope business and I feel like I am. And I think people just, you know, I'm take, I want people to take a leap of faith and it's an investment. It's an investment in yourself. And, um, it's an experience that no one can ever take away. And it's not just an, a program for you to like, and it's not talk therapy. This is the thing too. Like I want to stress is that it's, it's different. It's not like anything else. And when you've tried everything else, you kind of have this, you can have this attitude of, well, I've tried everything and nothing works. (laughs) Well, if you haven't tried this, you haven't tried everything. And the reason why this works is because number one, it's evidence-based. Kent university did a study on it. And um, secondly, it's unique to you. It's not, it might seem like it's a cookie cutter thing that, you know, it's everyone's going through the same process, but because your experiences and your grief is unique to you, the experience is unique to you. What you uncover and you discover about yourself and your past is unique to you. And the whole point of it is so that you don't keep dragging that baggage into your future and into your present moment, because you are, you are, it's, Grief impacts every area of our lives, our finances, um, how we show up in relationships and friendships, um, our ability to recognize our own potential, you know, to get out of bed in the morning, to have a purpose, right? Like it just strips us of, of everything we thought we knew about ourselves. And so it's a rebuilding of that. And um, I think people, what I want to stress to people is you have to take a leap of faith sometimes. And that's what struck, struck out to me as I was hearing you. And I was thinking back to my experiences, like I really took a leap of faith. I had no idea if it would really work for me. And I would just be maybe in a, in a worse off position, right? Because when you can open a can of worms and then you have no support and you don't know what to do with it, that's a very scary place to be too. Um, But yeah leap of faith, trust the process, invest in yourself. Leap of faith is certainly the, the term there that, that makes sense when you are looking to go from grief to, to hope, as you kind of outline that mm-hmm. it's uh, some sort of, I'll say a transformation, but it really is a big change mm-hmm. in the way that you kind of perceive things. Um, you mentioned writing 
a book and helping you come to some of the realizations that you did or how that uh, brought things to light. What was that process like? What what was the purpose of the book and did it ultimately change gears once you once you had these realizations? Well, if I wrote it today, it would be a very different book, <laughs> a very different book. Um, I did not have the education or the knowledge that I do today, of course. And I don't know if I mentioned this already, but the program is not just about you working through all your stuff and all of that. It's an educate. It's as, just as much as an educational program. So you learn about grief and you've never learned about grief this way. Trust me, you haven't. But um, and that helps you support others, too. Right. So um, but in writing my book at the time, um, my youngest was just starting kindergarten. Um, I was. I had a photography business, uh, like seven years or something like that. And I knew, I knew I was on, I knew something needed to change. I just didn't know what, and I was, I knew I wanted to write a book. I just didn't know exactly how or what, what how, where to start. Um, and I just happened to have a happen. There's no accidents, but I just happened to have a happenstance phone conversation. I haven't spoken to the woman since I talked to her one time. And in that one phone conversation, she mentioned this um, book writing um, course and a beta course. I wouldn't even have to pay for it, but I didn't even know if I was going to be accepted. So I applied and I got it. I got into the program and that's how I wrote my book. I wrote it in three months. Um, but I just was writing from where I was at the time and where I was at the time was I thought well, I was at a pretty good place, but I, I just shared resources and things that I was learning about myself and that I used and tools that I was using to get where I was at that point. Um, again, I, it would be very different. I do feel like I have another book brewing, but I'm just waiting for that creative urge to strike. But um, it really did strike as like the book title came to me and then, yeah, I don't know. Life is weird, right? Way, way things come about. Life is weird. And I'm sure there's a Yogi Bear quote somewhere in there, but we'll never, <laughs> we never know what we know today back then. So that's mm -hmm. I mean, when you say that, we're going to look back at this conversation. Man, imagine if I knew what I knew now. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's going to be a, a life uh, repeating lesson, no matter where you are, or what you're doing. Uh, I don't want to take a too much of a left turn here. But I do have to ask, you never told this woman that that course that she recommended or mentioned you took helped you write your book and has put you on a completely different path. Never. You have never spoken to her again about that. No. Okay. I know. It was a one-off conversation. I actually really? had an, yes. And I actually had another one-off conversation. Um, well, actually, so I before I even started The Unleashed Heart. I was on this mission to start what was called the Unleashed Creative, where I would support business owners in strategy sessions, one-off strategy sessions to brainstorm a specific issue that they were having. Because I know, like, and what I didn't know then was my UMAP, and I know my UMAP now, and I'm like, okay, well, that's perfectly fitting for me. But at the same time, this, so I was in the process of building that website and doing all this stuff. And I was working with this gal on my website and she was like, you wrote a book, didn't you? And I said, yeah. And it's about grief, right? And your story. And I said, yeah. Then why aren't you helping grievers? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, 
why aren't I helping grievers? <laughs> it's like the one thing I know so well. Um, yeah. And that one conversation, just total 180, just what, 360, whatever. The Unleashed Heart was born and the Unleashed Creative went away and the rest is history. <laughs> it is unbelievable how sometimes someone who may not have all the facts, a half, you know, baked understanding of what's going on and certainly not having eyes on what you have every day can just look at it and have a completely different perspective. And in this one, a pretty accurate one, then it comes, helps you come to a realization that you might've taken a lot of time if never had come to it's, it's, it's incredible that those two conversations have had such an impact. And let me just share that you never know what your impact is half the time on other people, something you say, something you do, something a kindness you you give to someone. I saw this little girl recently. Um, my kids had their school concert and this it was the elementary was elementary was performing. And this girl, I mean, she was a little sh like a little showman, right? She just stole the show. She was so into it and she was expressive and she was like, she was into it. And I told her later, I said, man, you should sure be in plays and something when you're older because you really you are you were a star. Maybe it resonated. Maybe someday she'll remember it, but I sure hope so because I saw it in her. You know, it's just someone else seeing the potential in you and, and saying it. I mean, this is just coincidental. Uh, a book that I'm listening to currently references stoicism and just talks about not needing things or stuff in your life, but there's never a shortage of good deeds that if you do will have a good impact on you and someone else. So if that's, and that's, that story just really illustrates that point that you can always do something. Does you don't even need to know what the impact is, but you can do something good for somebody else, and uh, it has quite a long legs as far as what where they might take that person, or you might even feel better about it. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you're working with someone who is helping you in marketing your website and has this idea, do you immediately does it? Is it day one, this is what I'm going to do? Or do you have to convince yourself that this is something that I want to spend every day? I want to spend my focus on helping others and they're most difficult. This was hard for me, but I think I can help others that way. How did how did that look if, if it wasn't instant? It was kind of instant. It was. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was because... January 2019, I launched my website, and I wish I could exa say exactly when that conversation was. Um, but I got my certification in March of that year. Um, so yeah, it was pretty, pretty. It, that I mean, that was just the ball. I mean, that was just someone just got the ball rolling. Just stated the obvious, like, oh, okay, Captain Obvious, here we go. <laughs> You know, it's sometimes we need that in our lives or something. We can't see the label from inside the jar. One of my friends always says that. And it's so true. So true. That's why we need support, especially with grief. We just can't see. Um, you know, we're too close to it. So, so with that, is it is there ever a situation where it helps some someone I'm going to ask my question properly here. I think when you try to think of the term support, you think of those nearest to you for that support, either initially or the only place, the only source for that. 
Um, but I'm guessing a lot of the people you work with, you do not have a pre-existing relationship with. So is it that their support circle or system is failing them, inadequate, did not work out? How do they find you if if you're not part of their circle? Google, actually. <laughs> so, the, so the last, my, la- my client I'm working with now, a friend of hers found me uh, Googling holistic grief support. Uh, my client before found me Googling sadness. And I was like, whoa, okay, I'm doing something right. If you found me Googling sadness. But what I would say to that, where you were going with that is, um, what was I going to say? <laughs> Lost my train of thought. Well, I stumbled through mine, so it's only fair. Yeah. Oh, it was so good, too. I was asking about others' support circles. And oh, that. yeah. It's, yes, thank you. So. The thing about friends and family is they got too much skin in your game. They got too much skin in your game. They're too close to you. They're too close to your story. So they can't be objective. I, I, you know, and this is why I think when people are more comfortable spilling their guts to a complete stranger sitting on the bus next to them, then maybe their friend that they've known for 20 years sometimes. You know, the dirty little secret that you can't share with anybody, but you'll share it with a complete stranger. So that's a great answer. If I could, how do you do that? Because while that bus example is true and happens, generally that's not people's first instinct or that's not the majority. There's something that, how do you get people at ease or how do you earn the trust or earn the okay to hear that? What is, what is your... I don't want to say secret, but how, how do you get people to be okay if we're on a screen like this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've, no one's ever really told me. All I know is that, um, all I know, you know, what I do know is that when I was growing up, I was always the person, I was my mom's therapist. I mean, I was her therapist. I was my friend's therapist. I was the person that people came to. And um, I think maybe that's part of it. I don't know. My energy. I don't know. Again, I know I repel some people and that's okay. But I know I draw people to me who are ready to be initiated into whatever I'm initiating them in their transformation or their change or their action or whatever it is that see, I'm learning about human design right now. And so this is all like becoming really like, Oh, a lot of ahas lately about this because I'm the man, I'm a manifester type. If you're familiar at all with human design. And if you're not, you're welcome for the rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I don't know. I, what people tell me is that, and I think, honestly, I think my podcast has helped a lot because, um, I engage with people. They tell, I have people who cry in my podcast who don't cry on other people's podcasts, who share stuff that they never shared on other people's podcasts. Do I know what that, what that is? Um, I don't know. I just think, think people are comfortable with me, I suppose. I could see that. I that I could see. Um, and, and I think you started this answer truly candid. If I don't know, I think that <laughs> you you have a genuine uh, interest. Interest certainly, but you you have. I don't want to say humbleness, but you have. You're easy to talk to, and I think that must come across. 
and I'm naturally curious about people and their stories. I really, I like, I want at one time I wanted to be a journalist, but that didn't happen. But we'll probably yeah. feel better. Yeah. It's an ugly, yeah. Not if there's anything wrong with that, but I think that you're helping more people <laughs> where you, where you are. And kind of with that, where can someone who's Googling sadness or looking for help, where, where can they find you without having to go through that search? Theunleashedheart.com. My website, I have all the links on there. I've got a free energy quiz, energy type quiz. That's not related to human design. It's more of like, um, I don't know. It's something I came up with. And then I've got free eBooks on there for grief, different aspects of grief. Um, my podcast is on there services. Um, I offer helping children with loss program. That's for the adults or the caretakers of children. Um, and also do grief differently, which is my kind of like my flagship program, which is 12 weeks in person or online. And, um, that's, again, that's grief recovery and UMAP combined. Um, yeah, all the links there. I'm at, at the Unleashed Heart on Instagram. Yeah. So we will post all those. The last two questions that I need to ask you, because I forgot up front or as I classically did moved on, energy was one of the other terms I wanted to define or explain. Oof. When you say energy, what do you mean? <sighs> That's another podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can save it. But... Everything's energy. Everything. We are an electric body and everything is energy. And the best thing you can do for yourself is get to know your own energy. Understand your energy. The impact it, it has on other people. Um, the energy that you take in that isn't yours. Um yeah, Reiki and biofield tuning has been <laughs> huge in me understanding my own energy. And also, um, it's almost, it's actually been a gateway for people to do grief recovery, to do the deeper work with me, because we uncover a lot of, a lot of stuff in the energy field, which extends five to six feet out from your body with tuning forks. So yeah, just like you tune a piano or you tune a guitar, your body is sometimes needs a tuning. So yeah, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> I have plenty of other questions, but we'll wrap here. Is there ever a wrong time to look to, I don't want to say solve, but to in, in have introspection around grief or to look to, to move on to to, to recover heal, from to the recover. pain. Yes. Is there ever a wrong time? No. It took me over 30 years. And I tell you what, if only I would have done this sooner. I can imagine where I'd be today. But that's grief too, right? And I'm I can't change the past. I can only live in the present and um be excited about the future. So yeah, it's never too soon and it's never too late. That is the perfect place to wrap this, Victoria. This was a this is a wonderful conversation. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for having uh, such a great demeanor and talking about a topic that is not easy for most to even think about, but to to do it in a way where you make it easy for people who want to talk, want to heal, and want to move forward. So thank you very much. 
Thank you. It's my mission that we talk about grief like we talk about the weather. So thank you for this opportunity. <laughs> <laughs>